Welcome to the Prepare to Win podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here with Dan Lee. Uh, today we're going to talk about defining effort and what that means to both of us and how a lot of people, uh, especially on social media, are wanting to perceive to others or others to perceive that they are working hard uh, when in reality they're probably not really working as hard as they think they are. Um, you know, this this is one thing that kind of runs rampant, it seems like, on social media mm-hmm. is, you know, we've seen it even in here where people will say, or they'll put their workout, let's say, and then, you know, talk about how hard they're working, how hard their workout was. Um, but then you look in reality and, and they're not taking care of all of the things outside of the gym that would be yep. defined as still putting in that effort and then even inside the gym like you know doing a set and then spending four minutes on your phone is isn't really working hard now if you're you know going for a top set or something and you're working up to that top set and yeah you're going to have some breaks in there so i'm not talking about rest periods um i'm talking about having actual intent in your workout and during you know during uh, your accessory movements spending too much time uh, sitting around instead of actually putting in the effort into them. So um, there's a lot of different ways we're going to go with this. But, um, you know, in your mind, what what's effort to you? I think that when I think about effort, it's not about like circumstantial, or, like how hard you're working in the moment. It is the big picture mm-hmm. you're going through. It's one of the things we talked about in an earlier episode is do you have a goal in mind? Do you have a purpose for when you show up because if the only effort you give is when you walk in the gym and it's how much you try to lift or how hard you try to train that's great but there's all of these other hours in the day that go into what you're trying to accomplish whether that's big or small it doesn't matter you know the person that comes in and says i want to lose 10 pounds all right you know it takes effort to do that yeah now it's a different kind of effort than you know trying to squat 700 pounds but that's still their goal and if you show up for whatever long your training session is and you show effort then if you're that person trying to lose 10 pounds and then they go home and they don't do any of the nutritional work whether it's prepping food choice the proper the, weighing the, shot, the, like the all important that. things outside of the gym that it's the whole picture on yeah and what i see happening coming back to what you mentioned on social media is it is the presentation of one aspect of accomplishing a goal. Mm-hmm. They want it to look as if they are working their ass off with that one video on one aspect and it is everything else that goes into accomplishing the goal. Mm-hmm. And that's where the effort is. It's in the ability to say, I'm gonna check all the boxes, however many boxes there are. And the bigger the goal, the more boxes there are and the more important it is yeah. to get them. And the, and, yeah, you need to be on point with every one of those too. Uh, and as, as you get better, it's only going to get harder. When you get to that point where you say, this sucks, I don't want to do it anymore because it's it takes so much time and it takes so much energy and so much preparing, and then you do it anyway, that's effort. To, to me, if you've never been to that point where you think, this sucks, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I can work out right. tomorrow. I oh man, I don't know if I want How to go am I today. Do this? If you yeah, if you if you haven't been to that point of asking yourself those questions, I guarantee you, you're probably not trying hard enough. Because no matter who sits here and wants to say you know be tough guy and say oh I've never thought of ever backing down and things maybe in big picture no we we haven't. But for everyone, it's going to cross your mind at some point like 
you know, the the breaking point is almost there. How much further can I push? Mm-hmm. Um, asking yourself, man, why do I do this? Why, you yeah. know, why do I push so hard? And like, um, you know, why I feel like shit sometimes or whatever. But um, I think a lot of people want to think that they're giving effort just by simply going in and working out. And, and if your goal is just to, let's say, move better, um, and you just want to be somewhat healthy, mm-hmm. then that's fine. Go in, do your movement. You know, it's better than sitting on the couch, yeah. still doing something. But don't put on this fake persona online that you go so hard and you're <laughs> you're a beast. And you know, and you'll see even the comments. I get gassed up by these people, and it's like, are you truly fucking working hard? Do you even know what working hard is? Do you even know? the feeling of walking out of the gym absolutely wrecked or wherever you're working mm-hmm. out absolutely wrecked and you know that becomes a whole different topic that you don't need to be wrecked every time you right. work out but to really put forward some effort you're going to have some days where yeah. you're you're going to push yourself to that limit and you're going to have severe cns fatigue or mm-hmm. Just simply, you're, you know, you maybe you got that intense pump and you could barely, you know, I went home and can't wash my hair. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, the biceps cramping you up or whatever, you know, yeah. hitting some <laughs> curls, you know. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter what my, my personal goal has ever been. It doesn't matter if it was to be extremely fit, to be strong, to be, you know, whatever type of bodybuilding workout I was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. I have pushed myself to that limit in every one of those categories to feeling like I'm I'm busting my ass. Like I, this is effort. Mm-hmm. This is all out effort. You know, in every every single one of those categories. So I think the flip side of it is really important too, where it's not enough to just say you don't have to, you know, bust your ass every single time when you go in. What are the days that you don't have to? And then yeah. what are you doing? Um, to balance the scales on those days. So as a powerlifter, you know that you can't go at like 95 to 100% all the time. Like you have no. to have the fluctuations, yeah. you know, whether it's in the training cycle or throughout this uh, entire year yeah. as you're going through. But what are you doing on the days that you're not going really hard? Exactly. Like, well, you- take, for example, this week I'm in a deload. Mm-hmm. So I come in and sure, the workout is not as intense. It's not as much volume. It's... Um, gonna be you know it's almost hard to get motivated for deload workouts because it's like this isn't overly stimulating it's not overly hard to do um but outside of the gym my nutrition's on point my sleep's still on Mm -hmm. point now during a deload like i've said before i am a proponent of like okay if i'm gonna have that bad meal i'm probably gonna have it during my deload if i'm gonna you know do whatever do something uh extra that i like to do I, i you know at the end of my last working uh week here like i went golfing you know what i mean mm-hmm. i i had um, some bad food this weekend and stuff heading into my deload which is completely fine but i'm not sitting there okay my deload's easy so that means my nutrition shouldn't be on point all week fuck sleep i'll just stay up and i'll do right. whatever i want to do um you still have to put in that effort even when the work isn't hard inside the gym um but to earn that deload i had to work yeah so that's the other point of it is that earn your deloads. 
like you should be pushing hard for those whatever it is three four or five weeks at a time mm-hmm. whatever your structure is before your deload you need to earn your deload or else there's no point to taking a step back because you haven't pushed far enough to actually create a response that warrants having a deload and that comes back to what are the boxes that you have to check that enable you to earn that mm-hmm. as you're going through and if you don't know what they are like you should be talking with someone whether it's a coach or a practitioner in order to figure out everything that you need to be doing yeah and yeah you can have people that just they go above and beyond on what it is that they you know need to do and becomes overly structured and it's just it's absurd in the amount of effort that they do and it's more of a like a control obsession more than anything but when you have people who claim that they have big goals mm-hmm. and they want to put it out there that this is my dream to do, this is my yeah. goal to do, but the only thing that they're really thriving on is the presentation mm-hmm. of going after they're getting yeah getting gassed up on social media and, and like you said the the presentation and the appearance of I'm working hard and I'm working towards um, this goal. That, that I'm truly not going to attain, and they know that in their own mind, that they don't have what it takes to get there. Which um, might be some of the fuel to keep putting out more and more of the videos on you know, social media to make it seem as if they do, probably because... Stay, stay relevant, yeah. or to seem relevant, I should say. Um, you know, it, it comes back to, and I'm sure you, know, you see it all the time because you're in that recovery field, of how many people, you know, maybe they do work somewhat hard in the gym... Um, but like you said, they're not checking those boxes. I haven't seen them for nutrition. I don't think they've worked with anyone on their nutrition. Yeah. You haven't seen them for recovery. Nope. I don't know if they're going anywhere else, but most likely not. We, we know who, at least in, inside of here, and I could tell you other various people around, um, I know who pushes hard and who checks all the boxes, who's doing everything they can, and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you know, even some of the the better athletes throughout Ohio, or you know, people I do talk to on social media throughout the country, I could sit here and tell you which ones from having conversations with them actually do check those boxes, and they do everything they can. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the work shows for it. You know, they're they are the ones hitting those PRs. They are the ones that keep progressing, um, and and that's relative. You know, it's not saying that they're the top in the world. No, but they're still progressing along because they're doing everything they possibly can to get better at whatever, uh, wherever they are on the spectrum. Yeah. They're doing everything they can to get better. Um, I think, you know, personally what I've seen come through this gym is people will come here with kind of the great expectation like, okay, I'm going to enter into this, you know, big scary gym where everyone's serious and, you know, I'm going to get so much better. And they come in and they what they don't realize is, one – the the work that these people are putting in it's not it's not fake some for the most part yeah. a lot of these people that are a little bit better are putting in some real work and they get a little taste of that and it, it's kind of a shock to them like yeah okay this is why i see these videos of from these people coming out of the weightlifting club or coming out of powerlifting or the people that we do put on stage is doing well you know because they're checking those boxes and they, and it's like one of those things they they post it on social media and they want to put out this fake persona of um, that they're doing well in life, doing well in the gym, and I'm working towards these high, high goals. And 
and it's like they come in and within a couple months you see that uh well i want to say within a couple months let's call it a, a year let's give it a solid okay, year that's given them more than i you would, know but yeah let's give it a year to be generous you see them start to i don't know if it's i want to call it lose motivation but they start to back off of actually pushing forward because they start to realize like what they're doing it was all fake to begin with. They had fake passion for yeah. it. Was like what yeah. I what I like to say. Well, that's what I call it, is you had fake passion for that goal, and you faked it online, and that eventually comes out and shows. Yeah, because you get to a point where it's not even newbie gains, but like you have that newbie motivation because yeah. you realize, oh, I can dive into this thing and I can mm-hmm. get attention. Some of these people are doing two it. or three, four years into whatever fitness goal they have. You mm-hmm. know, it's. And then you see him transition to a slightly different goal. And yeah. I'm going to transition to a slightly – oh, that one didn't work out. Let me do this version because I can keep it new and I can keep it fresh and I can keep getting yeah. attention from that thing. But you mentioned something. I want to ask about this. Like When you say people come here to be serious, mm-hmm. what does that look like to you? Because you know we can talk about effort and you know that's more action-oriented. But when someone has a serious mindset for training – like from the gym owner perspective, from the coaching perspective, what does that mean? Well, one, I can generally see uh, – I've been wrong about a few, but I can generally see within your first two or three months here how serious and dedicated you really are to that goal. And, and the people that are fake, it starts to come through kind of quick. Mm-hmm. Um, to those people, that what, it, what that effort looks like to me is that they are showing up and making the most of their time. One. So when they come in, they're the ones that do put their headphones in and go to work or they're just, you know, they're socializing a bit, but they're when it's time to work, it's time to work yeah. head down. Um, they're the ones that try to ask questions to as many people as they can. They're the ones that um, check their own ego and realize they don't know it all and they're not going to be the best yeah. yet and all that, even if they are one of the best in the gym or one of the best in the area or one of the best in the state. They're still they, they still, still are willing to, to learn. Um, but then, you know, I, uh, they come in to take like the weightlifting club. They have specific times they train. Mm -hmm. Those people come in during the time Dan is here, Mm -hmm. you know, same with, um, those people that want to be a little bit better. They, they try to train around, you know, when me and Lindsay are training, for example, a lot, a lot of us try to train at the same time, but, um, and that's why I recently just put out an email. Like if you want to get better. Um, and everyone needs to hold themselves accountable from newbies learning to the experienced people being held accountable. Here's my training times. First time I've ever done that, that I put out my training times. In an effort to get some – I mean we had a good showing on Sunday. I was actually kind of surprised. Yeah. But um, that that was an effort to try to, one, keep a community going. Yeah. You know, it's always yeah. good. And I understand everyone's got their own schedule. Sometimes you can't make it in. That's understandable. But then also um, so people can – can learn from each other. That's what this whole, you know, at least in powerlifting, that's what the whole sport, you, you should be paying attention to so many people and learning from everyone. Um, so there's another marker of effort. Um, the people that if I, it, it's rare, but there are times, well, it's becoming more rare, but there are times that I give free time to people. Mm-hmm. 
by it might just be me passing through the gym and I see something and I stop off and I start fixing technique or I ask them, hey, can I show you something? Hey, can I explain something to yeah. you? Um, not too long ago, I had a guy out there, a uh, new lifter, going to be doing his first meet in a couple months. And he's deciding, you know, he wants to program himself into the meet and all that. And he said, hey, can you take a look at this? This is my plan leading up to the meet. And he asked me for a little bit of critique on it. And the first, you know, things, I got some background information. Okay, what have you been doing? Yeah. And then we went through that. And, you know, I took 10 minutes to explain that to him. Um, you know, little things like that, those people will soak up that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, you know, kind of another marker of effort. Yeah. Um, then, you know. They start nutrition or they come start seeing you or, you know, whatever their goal is, they're checking all those variables off and they're trying to put in that. And that's where you see those people that aren't the best athlete, um, don't have the best genetics. That's when you see them get good. Yeah. Is they're, they're the ones who surpass the people who have the better genetics or have, could be a lot better than them. They surpass them quickly because they're checking all those variables where it takes the other person that came in as a freak of nature to understand that things. It takes them too long. Now, will they maybe beat them out in the end? Maybe. They maybe better not. get a work ethic to do it. Yeah, exactly. So. so one of the things that you mentioned was the idea of asking questions and being inquisitive and you know checking your ego at the door. And I noticed that with the recovery information because for better or for worse – when the majority of the people in my field are physical therapists and you come in as a massage therapist, like you don't carry as much weight with that title a lot of times with recovery information. Even though rehabilitation recovery, they're not the same thing. It's not always understood. And so I'll have conversations with people that are in exercise physiology or they're going into DPT or they're going in to be medical students. And I'll offer information that... I know to be accurate. I can give them the articles to show it to be accurate. These aren't my thoughts. These are Mm -hmm. accumulated thoughts. And you can see them be closed off to it because they have a different opinion on it. And it doesn't become an intellectual conversation. It becomes them looking for validation on their own thoughts. They want me to simply say, yes, you're right. And I know that isn't unique to recovery. It's the same thing with strength and conditioning and coaching in general where, you know, that guy who came to you with the programming could have come to you and said, hey, will you take a look at this, critique it, and then you start offering info, and he could have just shut off and been like, the only thing I'm looking for is you to tell me that I was already right. What's kind of funny, um, I noticed this afterwards, is it was his deadlift day, and I told him, um, I was explaining programming, then we got into secondary movements, and then we got into... You know, I'm um, talking to him about like warm ups before his deadlift and things like that. And a couple minutes later, I look over and guess what he's doing? He's doing one of the warm ups that I talked about mm-hmm. for his deadlift. So it's like that's one of those things like the, the guy is willing to try something he's never tried before to see if it feels better. Yeah. And I guarantee his session went better because of it, because it was something that one, it, it does work. It's a great warm up. Yeah. Then also, um, when I, I feel like when you put your your training, sometimes this is why it's good to have a coach. When you put your training in the hands of someone else and you trust their opinion, it, it, whether it's right, wrong, whether the paper says this or that, that um, 
that almost, I don't want to call it placebo effect, but it is almost like that. Like you trust in the process so much that you're going to actually probably do better because of that. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a better session because you trust that what they said was right. And that means, not to overdo it, but it takes a lot of effort to hand over that trust. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot of effort to check your ego, to be open-minded, to be inquisitive about these things. I mean, and again, that is just another one of those variables that isn't as tangible. Yeah. You, as a coach, you could have a list of things that you know people need to do, and that's why I, was, mm-hmm. I wanted to know about what does it mean to be serious about your training because you could say you have to do nutrition, you have to have sleep, you have to have recovery, you have mm-hmm. to have the proper training program, the timing, etc. Yeah. But the ability to say, I'm going to listen yeah. and I'm going to try it. And that guy could have tried out the warm-up, found out, all right, it's a good warm-up, but it's not for me. But he was willing to do it. And in that case, it turned out to be positive. But what's the same with, you know, again, going back to the the whole thing and putting in the effort is um, someone asked me about nutrition. They're not my nutrition client. You know, maybe they're a program client asked me about nutrition. While I'm not going to sit there and walk them through it because you're not paying me to do that. Yeah. I will sometimes give them little tips here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, the follow through of those tips, if you don't do it, then there's nothing I can do for you. That's part of putting in the effort. Yeah. Um, and what I get from a lot of people is, you know, they'll say, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be the best. Well, are you? Are you willing to actually do that? Because I'm going to lay out if you, you know, you want to be truly the best. If you mm-hmm. want to be, let's call it the best that you're going to ever be. Yeah. If you want to truly be there. You're going to have to listen to what I tell you to do. So, you know, I've had clients that fight back on me or, or, you know, they'll say they want to do everything it takes, but they're not willing to track their nutrition. They're not willing to, if I say, hey, and that is such we a do need to, yeah, thing. we do need to go up a weight class. You need to gain muscle. You need, or if it's someone that, um, for example, I had someone that wanted to cut for a meat and they waited way too long to even mention that and like we were in like kind of a pre-prep mode and i'm like mm-hmm. that's too far to drop for where you're at for the goal so let's wait till off season just you know manage your nutrition now let's see where you sit mm-hmm. plain and simple and um you, you know it was like one of those kind of back and forth things for a day or two but then they finally they listened yeah and you know meats turn out well that way <laughs> you know so it's it's just one of those things like if you're gonna say you want to put in the effort and you want to be the best, and that's part of effort is doing what you're kind of doing what you should be doing and listening to the people that are trying to help you. It's one thing to have an idea of everything that you need to do because if you took any one of the athletes out there and said, "Tell me five things that you know you should be doing as an athlete," they can probably name some pretty good things like mm-hmm. I should be eating well I should be sleeping well I should be training correctly I should be doing mobility mm-hmm. etc and then you ask alright how much effort are you actually putting into those different areas totally different conversation to have a coach put in front of you a game plan mm-hmm. that says here's everything you need to do if I came to you and I said I want you to help me get ready for gymnastics in 12 months and you put out everything in front of me to me that's really exciting Mm-hmm. Because I mean, we've talked about it before, like I'm a structure freak. I, I love that. I can see all the variables. And what's nice about it to me is that means that if we get three months in and things aren't going right, and you and I both know what the game plan is for another nine months, 
you can make adjustments. I feel comforted by that. Yeah. I've got security. It's like, all right, let's go. But to someone else, that can be terrifying. Yeah. Because they see all the work that they have to do. Well, it's like, do, is this actually your goal now? Yeah. There's that, that, that's something I've always kind of wondered with. For if, since I, you know, my, the first coach I worked with and the coach I work with now, um, both times I had to fill out templates of or uh, fill out spreadsheets with the weight I did, the RPE, you know, all that stuff in comments. And that's how, and, you know, that's how you submitted your progress to get your program at the end of every single week. Um, so now what I get is, you know, I get my program and it will list um, some daily mobility homework things that I have to do. Um, it has some warm-up things that I have to do. It has the program. And then I take, you know, it's laid out in a Word document, basically. And I take that and I put it into a spreadsheet. And in that spreadsheet, I put in my weights I use, my RPE in the comments of this felt this way, this mm -hmm. whatever. Whatever I need to say in there. Or didn't hit this RPE on the last uh, two sets or had to down the weight, whatever. Whatever the feedback is. Um and then I submit that up and I send in my videos. So think of everything I just told you that I have to report back to my coach and everything my coach is giving me. Um, you know, with my clients, I will, if they get their program, but I, I'll tell them like per individual, like, hey, try these warm ups. Hey, you know, do this uh, extra mobility if they're starting to have an issue. But those are honestly things that I expect my clients to go in research for themselves like you should know how to do a semi-proper warm-up you should yeah. know some mobility things that you should be doing you should have an idea on the basics of everything again not having a coach for four and a half years Lindsay the same way we taught everything pretty much to ourselves now we did have people that showed us little things here and yeah. there that did help and we we're no different. We listen to the people around us. We listen to the people that were stronger. We got some good advice, some very bad advice. Um, but for those that time, we learned everything on our own. You know, so when I see clients that you're a year in to lifting, you still can't even breathe properly, or you're not rooting your feet properly. Those are the little things that you should know just by researching for yourself. But then I've also told them a million times mm -hmm. but a couple things there it's like i wonder sometimes if i had my clients and it may come to this i may actually go to this um because right now i look at their videos and i kind of perceive their rpe and sometimes i'll ask them you know what do you think on the rpe yeah. scale um but if i took that and i made all my clients start spreadsheets and start the rpe and submitted you know, their videos, um, they, they submit them throughout the week. But let's say I said all at the end of the week, and I want them compiled into videos, so it's back to back to back to back all in one video. And then you have to put the weights in there too and, and did all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Would they actually do it? How many would not know. do it because they're not willing to put in that little bit of effort that is required to be coached? I think it would be really telling. I uh, yeah. It would show you the ones that aren't willing to put in the effort. Right. And that would be another layer. Like you were saying earlier, you can generally tell within a couple of months how serious someone is. Mm -hmm. And that would just be another layer in there to help you determine like how serious someone is. Because you might have a learning curve that happens at the beginning where you have people like, oh, I don't want to do this. I didn't have to do it before. Why do I have to do it now? 
but they slowly catch on and they adapt to it and they go with it. Other people might be excited about it and other people are like, no, I'm not doing this. It's too much. Um, but that is, that's just a, a whole nother layer that shows your effort that you're willing to put into your training because you have higher goals yeah. in relation to that. So what do higher goals take? They take a higher level of effort. What does a higher level of effort mean? It's a higher amount of time and engagement that you have yeah. to be able to provide as you're going through. Um, and to an extent, lifters have to learn that. Like athletes in general have to learn that. Like if you come in and you've never really participated in a sport like this, you might not realize that it takes that much effort. Yeah, just simply doing something and you know coming in and doing your program isn't enough. It's never. If you want to be great at anything, it doesn't matter what your fitness goal is. I'm saying fitness as because the industry as a whole. Yeah, like it doesn't matter what your goal is. You will not be good if you think that just coming in and working out is enough. And this is something that a lot of you know Gen Pop people don't understand either. You go to the gym to get a workout in, you know, feel better about yourself, and mm-hmm. you know, so you're not sitting at home. Get a little bit of health in. All right, we go to the gym to train, and when we're working out, it's it's a serious mindset, and it's to grow and I I'm someone I've always been that way when I'm going to train I'm going to train and it's going to be serious mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't matter what's in my way at the time what else I have to do as far as you know things outside of the, the gym or wherever I'm working out that's um, it's a hundred percent effort the whole way see I see that I try to make sure that when you Lindsay Austin if you're here and you're training and I have something I need to ask you there is a very small window of time during training yeah. where you can ask those questions. Yeah. Um, if it's work-related, now on the other hand, there have been times where I've come over, I've just hung out but when you're deadlifting, when you're squatting, or when you're benching, and I just wait, and I can see it. Like, you notice that I'm there, you take the headphones out, I was like, how are things feeling? Hmm. Like, I just need a quick update. How are things doing? Yeah. Because that conversation is more from like the athlete practitioner mm-hmm. perspective. I want to get some feedback based on what how I'm seeing you move. But outside of that, no, like you respect that space because yeah. you can see how much effort goes into like that that time frame. There's there's times I mean I'm kinda notorious for it and people in here um, you know, we like to bullshit. So it's it is like sometimes that it's nothing against that person. If I if I pop off my headphones and we start talking, I'm I might be the one. We might be having a conversation for twenty, thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is. Um, so I do it for my own good too. That like I need to focus yeah. on my workout because if not, I am the type of person I do like to uh, socialize and I do like to talk. That uh, even even though everyone seems to think I don't, yeah. I'll rip your face <laughs> off. But like he's such an angry bear. Yeah, really <laughs> not. Um, but like I, I just like to to talk to people. So it, it'll turn into one of those things. Like oh man, now I gotta go back to my set and it's. 80 something percent working weight and yeah you know what i mean i've been away from it for 20 minutes yeah i've been away from it for 20 minutes and that feels like shit and um so it's you know it's just one of those things that like when when you're in the gym it whether you want to socialize not socialize maybe save it for warm-ups or save it for after you know or there's this thing you can hang out outside of the gym or you know (laughs) bullshit outside of the gym or after you're done with your workout you know a lot of people do that um and everyone's in it for different goals, but I'm I'm gearing this more towards like the serious yeah. person, a person that wants to be, quote unquote, serious. Um, Understand so. that like 
the idea of being a serious athlete, it doesn't matter what level you are mm-hmm. as you're going through that. You can have a serious mindset and be in the first six to 12 months as yeah. an athlete. You can be a serious athlete. I mean, hell, you could be a fantastic athlete and not be that serious about it. And, you know, those are the people who are genetically gifted. But whether it's in the first six to 12 or you've been doing it for, you know, 15 years. Um, when I started gymnastics, we would have practices. I would have solo practices. I'd be at the gym for like six hours Yeah. to go through everything you have to go through. Yeah. And it is, it's exhausting, but you get uh, certain points where... Like you just have to lay there for like five minutes or so because you can barely move and you're trying your best to recover usually on Saturday. So it's like Sunday, you're trying your best to recover so you can go back in on Monday and you tell that to people and they're like, that's insane. And to me, I'm thinking that's a shitload of learning. Yeah. Like I was doing everything I could while I was there and there was a lot of preparation prior so I can maximize the benefit from doing that because to me, that's what was needed. Like at that time, that's what was needed, and I was new. Yeah, well, but the work—that's that a well-rounded thing too, from technique, flexibility, like you know, strength. Like mm-hmm. there's there's so much that goes into that sport that it takes that amount of time yeah. to to train and be good at it. Um, you know, and, and get those repetitions, and and that, that reminds me of like, you know, with like powerlifting. I can't sit in here. There's a, nothing's going to benefit me by working out for four or five hours, you know no. what I mean? But take, for example, like when I was in the military or, or better yet, when I um, when I was doing CrossFit and my goal was to be, you know, a regional athlete or be, you know, on that higher level, um, I did work out sometimes three times a day. Yeah. Now, they weren't extremely long, all of them, but, you know, a common day for me, and this is this is kind of goes back to the effort too, is there's, there was really no excuses. My second year in... Um, when I ranked out the best, it's like what I would I had a full pretty full training schedule as far as training clients. Um, I was taking you know 17, 18 credit hours at the college and I had a kid. so I, I had a newborn. Mm-hmm. So you know my days would look like that I would try to get some sessions in, maybe go eight, nine, ten if I could, um, go to go to class in the early afternoon. Mm-hmm. Pop back, you know, I'd go see uh, my daughter for a little bit, and then I would go train at night, you know, but that wasn't, you know, and, the, and sometimes go back for clients even. Um, and then on my off days when there wasn't as much school, I would try to train more people or I'd yeah. get my extra workouts in. But when I realized that wasn't enough, guess what? I had to put in a little bit more effort. So I had to do, you know, early morning workout, go train my clients, go to school, spend time with her go back to training clients or go work out again you know and and many times it was you know an hour hour and a half of lifting in the morning with the olympic lifts and strength stuff Mm -hmm. a little bit of bodybuilding there maybe and then i would run you know maybe a metcon in the afternoon or something something that wasn't long but you still have to warm up for it yeah takes about a half hour out of your day there and then i might go for a run at night or something so um that's the effort it took to even be at the level where I was, which I think you know, I was inside the, I don't know, top two or three percent in the world or something out of hundred and something thousand guys that were in it. Um, so I wasn't sitting bad for being a, a newbie. You no, know? it's not too shabby. Yeah, not too bad at all. <laughs> Actually, you know, if I was better at gymnastics, that's what killed me as we get into, I can remember my first year I beat, um, I did a workout and I was, it was like, 
top 20 in the world score or some shit. And everyone's Damn. like, oh, you beat this person, that person. I'm like, who the fuck are they? I'd been in CrossFit <laughs> for three months. I'm like, what? It was just a workout that was in my wheelhouse. Okay. It was something that um, coming out of the you know military and still working out that way, I think it was something like um, it was uh, like sort of push press or just maybe you just had to put it overhead, overhead press uh, of some sort, whether that was a jerk or whatever, yeah. to uh, I think it was like toes to bar or I don't know, pull-ups or some bullshit. Okay. But anyway, it was in my wheelhouse because it was it was a bar movement and a body weight movement. Mm-hmm. And that was, my, that was my thing. Those couplets totally. of do a bar, do a body weight, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. Flat out. Um, you know, things that were in my wheelhouse, oh, shit, I got to do muscle-ups. <laughs> you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. I, it took a long time to be able to get even halfway decent then, which I still sucked at them. But or handstand walks. If those yeah. were in, I was fucked. You know. See, so there's a whole conversation talking about effort when it comes to the technical aspect. Where if I had a dime for every single time that somebody wanted to learn a handstand walk in a day, they're like, "Well, I have a competition coming up next weekend. Can you work with me on handstand walks?" No, no. no. Unless you're like yeah. the point zero zero one percent freak who just like figures it out because they yeah. have amazing body awareness and they have all yeah. the prerequisites, and they're just like, "Oh, you just do it like this." which never happens, no. you're not going to learn it. No. But you didn't want to do the effort to say, hey, at some point I'm going to have to learn to walk on my hands. I'm going to have to learn to do a handstand push-up or I'm going to have to learn how to do like a proper kip, mm-hmm. what they call kipping arch hollows for pull-ups and butterfly yeah. pull-ups or muscle-ups. Like, you can't buy this skill mm-hmm. in a weekend. No. All you're going to get is one drill that you then go do for like six weeks, then you get the next one, then you get the next one, and eventually you learn how to do it. Because they are very technical. Or you just throw them in there and then you tear out you know, your scap or your shoulder. Yeah, I mean, why not? That's fun, too. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the real effort. That's, <laughs> if you're not injured, you're not, you're not giving You're not trying hard enough. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just one of those life things that, like, you know, it doesn't really matter what your circumstances are. That's why I hate when people give an excuse of they can't even um, get to the gym to work out. They don't have time for the gym, which is complete bullshit. Uh, I don't care what your job is or what your life circumstance is. Everyone has time for the gym. So to even be at a normal, you know, Joe level of working out, that's not, it doesn't take much effort to do that. No. Now, someone that like comes in, you're severely overweight, you're severely, you know, out of shape. I understand that from a scientific standpoint of the amount of effort you're going to have to put in to even get to a basic level. Fully understand that. But, you know, Going to that, I had a guy that I trained a long, long time ago. He, I think he weighed about 425, 430. Okay. Standing, I mean, he wasn't very tall. He's about 5'9, 5'10. Um, big guy. And he wanted to obviously lose weight, get healthier. Yeah. And this was a guy that, you know, seemed like he was willing to put in all the effort. And um, we would get him down, man. He would get down and, you know, he'd be like sitting like 390 or whatever. And then he would go off. And um, on a weekend, you know, go out with his buddies, eat a bunch of food, drink a bunch of beer, come back. He's 20 pounds heavier over the weekend. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, we kept this cycle going. I understand that's a whole different ballgame, whole different circumstance psychologically. Um, but, again, like, he, he just wasn't willing to put in that effort. And, yeah. you know, who knows whatever happened to him. But hopefully he, he did put in the effort and got in better shape. But that's the thing is it, you have to at some point – just say to yourself, like, once you, especially if you're a beginner working out, once you get past that little bit of hard point, that little bit of uncomfortability, it gets easier. You mm-hmm. know, 
And then you just, it's like we talked about in the last podcast, you keep pushing to the next uncomfortable point, you know, and, and you're going to have to work in there a little bit and then it'll get a little bit easier, you know, so. Coming back to the social media thing, what I, I think ends up being seen the most, or maybe I just key on, key in on it the most, is when people get to their final sticking point, like for them, what is their final mm-hmm. sticking point before they realize I'm not comfortable pushing through this. Yeah. And that's what they show the most. They show themselves like, look how hard I'm trying at this point. Look at my struggle. Because that's I the think biggest thing right know, now. Look at my struggle. Yeah, look, yeah. I think they know internally they're never getting past this. Yeah. So they have to show themselves failing or trying to get through it and working really, really hard. Because we all, and we all have our everyone has struggles. Everyone. And it, it's all right to post them once in a while, but it's it's those people that they thrive you know, on it. They thrive on it. They think they're like a special case of struggle. Oh. Look how hard I'm working. Yeah. It's like, if you're going that long and not making progress on it, you're either like waiting in that yeah. or you really need to go get some better help. That's usually, figure out, like, that's what usually what it comes down to is checking. that the people that really get stuck, they're, it's, it's sometimes them, but a lot of times it's they're, who they're getting help from or the gym they're going to or the people they're around they're not able to accelerate because they're stuck in that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's another thing. And, and you know, some of these people will come. Oh, hell, we've had them in here, and you see like the minorest of injury happen, and they're done. They're out. You yeah. know. Um, and I see that a lot in in mostly sports where people kind of make that excuse of like, oh well, I, you know, I did this or this and tore this or you know whatever. I can show you hundreds and hundreds of people that have torn this and torn that have this issue that have made it through that. Don't get me wrong, there are definitely injuries. They're Mm career-ending. There are. But most people don't have those. And they're going to affect you. You know, you you think my my knee that I've had surgery on and that same ankle, I tore all the ligaments in that ankle. I've tore out my ACL in that knee. That knee still has torn meniscus in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They took my hamstring to repair the ACL, so that shortens that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, these are. That's just one little issue. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. think that that's going to affect me for sure? But yeah. I don't try to really use it as like an excuse of like why I haven't been able to get to where the where I'm at now. Right. You know, so it becomes another aspect that you work yeah. through, and it's another hurdle for you to get over. Yeah. Um, hey. Grade or uh, AC separation on my right shoulder mm. within like the first couple years of gymnastics. Couldn't do rings for 18 months. Yep. Just couldn't do them at all because I couldn't support myself. Um, you figure out how do you rehab it? How do you retrain it? How do you build yourself back up? Now I can do them. That's one of my favorite events. But yeah, that's one of those things that it's there. It's always going to be there and you just have to put it into the program and figure out how you're going to train around that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. What's the word I'm looking for? Is um, perseverance. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of people can't even comprehend that word. You know what what that actually means, because every little thing that goes wrong, they use it as a tumbling effect, to, you know, simply bow out of whatever their goals were, um, or not put forth the actual effort it takes to, to recover from that, repair from that, and, and come back even stronger. It's the effort so. into things, like we've talked about before, that aren't fun, that aren't sexy, mm-hmm. that aren't the glamorous, I'm going to take a video or a picture of me doing this and posting, look how hard I'm working. It's yeah. like, no one's going to take a picture 
of themselves saying, I got nine hours of sleep tonight. Yeah. Like, no one gives a shit about yeah. that kind of thing. You know, they want to see how much weight you lifted or the, yeah. you know, the athletic feat that you did. Um, but it takes perseverance to say, I'm going to recover the way that I need to recover. I'm going to eat the way that I need to eat. I'm going to prepare the way I need to prepare. And most people just don't glorify that. But there is glory in, like you said, in currently in the struggle in showing that. What I really like about the the videos of clients here at Unrivaled Strength is that there is often a large period of time where the attention is spent on fixing technique. Like you just take weight away. You just tell new clients like, no, you're not allowed to touch that weight because they can't lift it. They think they can, Mm -hmm. but they don't know how to actually properly squat, how to actually deadlift and bench. And so they go from the weights they thought they were doing down to next to nothing and you fix it and you build them up Mm -hmm. going through and there are still videos and to a degree that's probably hard for their ego to put out a video that could be you know sometimes a couple hundred pounds less on their squat yeah but say look how good i'm actually moving yeah and i i like that rebuild process of stripping them down rebuild a little bit and then you know for the more experienced lifters it's not it's not as dramatic you know, but yeah, because um, they still need to push enough weight often enough that they actually have to challenge themselves, but can still push their their technique. So, you know, you'll see those people's technique thresholds, and that's something that you need to pay attention to more rather than, um, you know, just oh man, okay, we have to lower down the weight way down again to get. That's not going to produce anything later. Um, you know, we come down a little bit on the more experienced people, get them moving a little bit better. Yeah. And then start to look for where that technical breakdown is. And that line just kind of keeps moving. So someone that, you know, has a technical breakdown in their squat, you know, at 300 or whatever, you know, a year from now, that technical breakdown, let, they push through. And then we see a technical breakdown, let's say at 400 or something, mm-hmm. you know, okay, so... You just keep working the blocks like that and repairing as you need to go. Technique's one of those things you should always be focused on anyway because – Yes, thank God. If, <laughs> if you're not focused on all you're doing is creating bad habits. And, and inefficient and habits. Yep, and, and it's all going to set in and then that's going to lead to injury or it's going to lead to you have to spend more time correcting that because you did thousands of reps. Yeah, you know, poorly. And I like I have clients like that now even that are pretty strong lifters, but they're they're not moving correctly and it's and I've told them and, and I've told them how to fix it and told them how to fix it. What's happening is they're getting to that point where their current technique will not allow them to lift more weight yeah. because they are not using what they're supposed to be using. And they're finding that out the hard way. This happens as a massive hurdle, and I know this isn't directly related, but I don't really give a shit. It happens as a massive hurdle, especially for naturally talented Mm -hmm. athletes. That it happens across the board, yes, but the conversation is very difficult because when I taught sprinting, I didn't do speed workouts like, hey, I'm going to make you run really hard. I taught people how to sprint. As far as the technique from starting blocks and the first 10-yard acceleration and what it should look like as it happens through everything that should you know take place, whether it's track, football, soccer, it doesn't matter, sprinting. And you would have people say, you're not working me hard enough. How am I going to get faster? And I would say, because your technique is terrible. 
I don't care how fast your muscle fibers can go. If you're not running with good technique, you're never going to be as fast as you could be. And you're going to get beaten by the person who has better technique than you regardless because they have a greater overall potential to get to. Yeah. And that's, that's you see it all the, the time. It's just like, fix your fucking technique. The local guy who was going to be part of that that other gym, that's the same exact thing he said. And, you know, he was an Olympic sprint alternate, and he's one of, I mean, he, as far as I know, he's the best sprint coach in, in Northeast Ohio that I know about. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has a contract with the NFL to help, like, their referees and things like that. I mean, <laughs> he's a smart guy when it comes to sprinting, and that's the same exact thing he said before, too. It's like, but, it, you know, how many people are willing to do that? You know, they want the push me into the ground thing instead of coming back and putting in the effort to work on their technique so later when that effort comes um in the form of beating you into the ground you're ready for it yeah you know and you're you're not going to get hurt from it you're going to get better from it it's so. another box that has to be checked it's another yeah. moment to you know put your ego aside and it's a, another time where the person has to be open-minded to the idea that all right you're telling me if i do this i will eventually get yeah. better yes all right i'm going to trust you I'm gonna try it out. Yeah, I you know a lot of people they start they start focusing on the outliers too much. I think too, um, and some of the you know besides the fake fake working hard these the and these people that fall in that category they're looking at those outliers too because what does everyone do? They look at what's who's the top of the sport. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they don't realize the effort that those people took, the years that it took to get there. And then also, you know, at least in, in the powerlifting world is, you know, a lot of these people are taking the necessary supplements, let's put it that way. They're taking PEDs to get to that point, to where they need mm -hmm. to be. And that is still a form of effort. If you want to say, like, you want to be the absolute best, guess what? Sorry to break it to you. You're going to have to probably take something. Um, you know, and that, that comes down to how far you're really willing to push that and that's what everyone has to ask themselves um and that also will help with your effort because it helps with recovery um but you know there's so many things out there now like that some of them are completely legal too mm -hmm. that people just they don't do their research and don't understand that you can take this it will make you a little bit better and it'll help you repair faster yeah and it's completely legal to do. There's arms, yeah, peptides, yeah, those kinds of things. But people, people aren't researching these things, um, and there's a lot of people who come back from injuries. Um, you know, we always talk about the BPC 157. It's like, how many people have taken that and felt better? You know, yeah, gotten something repaired pretty quick from taking that. But then, you know, you have to educate yourself. That is part of the effort. If you're not educating yourself on these things. And you're not willing to take that chance to, to, uh, to utilize those, you know. Are you really putting in the effort that you need to? So that's that's kind of another question. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we kind of hit that, hit that topic for today. Um, we will have some uh, question uh, Q and A's up. For our next episode, this one we just kind of did on a whim, so hopefully you guys learned something from it. Um, again, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. Um, and this one should be coming out. We should be on on pace for our Wednesday releases. I know we released that last one a little bit early. Um, Dane, you got anything coming up? 
I don't know. Um, kind of looking forward to trying to find a time to do a seminar here in the next couple yeah, of months, think, depending yeah, on how things are going and what's... Now that all the COVID shit is kind of fizzling out. Seeing what is and isn't allowed, but yeah. you know, we'll have to look into dates and things that are going on around that time. Yeah, that's, again, part of effort. So if he does do a seminar, you all should show up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, I think that's that's good for today. So uh, we'll see you guys another time. Thank you. Have a good one.